everyone, you rejoin us once again as we are discussing the needs and wants of Dragon Ball Super and various other topics around certain things concerning Toriyotaro and Toriyama's vision. So join us right here, up on the lookout. Now, for those of you who don't know, Up on the Lookout is a Dragon Ball podcast with a difference. Here, we like to take a more relaxed stance to certain things that happen within the story, whilst also getting our smarts on and showing you all that we can be total nerds regarding this subject. I'm Master Coex, and joining me, as always, is my trusty sidekick, Havarok. Hello, I'm Havarok, and I need your scouter, your weighted clothing, and your hoverbike. Ah, yes. Now, for those of you who remember our Turles What If recently... There was a hoverbike in there, and some cool leathers. And fun fact, Malik, who does the artwork for our thumbnails, uh, he actually made the sunglasses the same colour as Turles' Scouter. I thought that was a really cool touch there. I could tell he really enjoyed making that thumbnail, and I really enjoyed giving him the brief. <laughs> but yes, uh, the subject for today's podcast is of course the latest manga chapter 83 of dragon ball super the manga indeed and before we get started do leave us a follow on your podcasting platform of choice as it really does help us get us out there and we're doing really well i think we're almost at 1400 followers on spotify so that's really cool we're getting we're getting there we're getting there indeed and uh episode 38 of the main podcast is now upon us with 83 so we're using the same numbers, 3883. <laughs> and yet still no OG73, which makes me sad. Oh, oh. That, oh I know. Boy. I mean, we surely, surely he'd be back anytime soon. Anyway, the main topic of this chapter was Bardock versus Gas Part 2. And in summary, I think this was a lot better than it could have been. I this will be an interesting one. I told you already because uh, it's one of the few times when we don't really agree. I really didn't like oh, this. Oh, I'm very keen. I didn't hate it, Ed, because like I'm not, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a person to hate something with vitriol. But I really didn't like this chapter. This isn't chapter sixty-five. Yeah, when Goku gave Moro the sensor bean. That we both hated that. But I'd be very keen to find out why you didn't like this one. I felt like I didn't love this chapter, but I thought for what it was and what it could have been, it handled itself pretty well for what it was. And I did like the fact that the MacGuffin that we got, which we will talk about later, wasn't as obvious or like, ah, it's the secret weakness. Now we know how to do it. It's something open to interpretation. And I quite like that. I think it's a lot more subtle than you could expect, especially considering it's Bardock we're talking about here. And I think I'll just say this right off the bat, that Bardock in the Dragon Ball Super continuity, it's started off very, very shakily, like no one really quite figured out what it was going to be. But I think now, Super Bardock, I think we've got something now. I think we've got an archetype. I think it's something that I think is a combination of Goku and Vegeta, in a way. Yeah, you got the Saiyan honor whilst also wanting to fight strong guys. So I think, okay, you got something there. You got something there, and it actually turns out okay. And the way that they all find out about what happens via the scouter's audio, 
and it's now being just interpreted to us with an official thing, as well as Monito's recollection. I think it, it makes logical sense of why we're getting this flashback instead of just being a random, oh, we're just going to insert it for the fans, and basically the main cast of characters don't know what it is. I'm not particularly keen of it because I feel that it's completely unnecessary. I will give you that. I will give you that. My initial reaction was like that as well, as in like, really? When I was looking through, nothing else is happening. It's just the flashback. What? That is very true. And it'll be very interesting to see because when we do get to the end of the saga, we will do a summary and we will be bringing in Brandon Bovia, who was the letterer on this manga. So the two people, the two English lot that help bring this manga to us all in English speaking countries, will be talking to one of them. So we'll be very keen to find out from that perspective too. I think that the story got pretty derailed by the whole Bardock thing. Like, it was cute when it was like a, you know, <laughs> like an Easter egg, like, oh, maybe Bardock will pop up. But right now, there, there isn't that much time. And at this point, you have, you know, the whole thing with Bardock, which suddenly uh, is the key to the story, right? To, like, like uh, to finishing the story. But it wasn't it wasn't hinted to be the heart of the story from the, from the very beginning. Like, the, the chapter was focusing on, you know, on Vegeta's training, on uh, Granola's identity, uh, identity crisis. And, you know, this chapter is trying to show you, oh, this is who Bardock is. This is, you know, this is whose son you are, Goku. Like, this saga, instead of focusing of, uh, on things that it did well with Granola and Vegeta, is shoehorning us this whole... Oh, Goku, Goku really had a, an identity, a identity crisis. And I know that people say, oh, you know, like many people aren't fully formed, like, ever. But like, identity crisis was never realistically a problem for Goku. And you know for which characters uh, in the saga identity, identity crisis is a problem? Literally anyone but Goku. Yeah, Vegeta especially. Vegeta, Granola. And and I don't like it. I don't like how much of the elements I liked about the story are taken by by you know by Bardock's. Like it's not that I you know hate Bardock with Vitro. Like Bardock for me is just character that exists, and I know that he's very popular. I don't hate him. He's fine as a narrative device from time to time. But here, like we are meant to care for this after you know after so much time and attention have been given to more interesting characters and it seems that those things won't be resolved because this is what they did what i'm saying they because we don't know whose idea is this is the story yama is this toyotaro is this like you know some editorial meddling we have no idea although in this case like toriyama is the editorial mending in a way i have the very same feeling when i had with uh, in anime version of you know of tournament of power power when, when it was like oh it's all about friendship and 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 being loyal and Goku putting his friends on first place and I'm like you guys have a serious case of Stockholm syndrome yes friends are important for Goku but like Goku Goku is a k- kind of guy who takes them for a ride not asking them in if they want to go so something that rubbed us wrong way at the, uh, at the time of the saga. You remember that when you were like, Krillin, 
you are acting like a like a Goku fanboy right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. There are so many times when you know Krillin could have been the one to go to Goku. What the hell, man? Why did you do that? And that, I think that would have hit hard the most for Goku if that were to happen. Even with the Moro Sensu Bean thing, that could have been the moment when Krillin says, "All right, that wasn't cool." But no, it, it was close. It looked close. But then ultimately. Krillin still went, yeah, buddy, good job, Goku. And it's like, but he did the same thing that he did back in the Cell Saga. And you still forgive him. You were more critical to him during Vegeta Saga. You were still like doubting about. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Because, you know, Goku wanted Vegeta to say he was sorry and let him go when Krillin could have actually killed Vegeta. I thought Bardock would be like an Easter egg and not the heart of the story. And. The more time we spend with Bardock, the less time we are able to spend with like granola, Vegeta, hitters in 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 the in the present. You know, to me, to, to me, it's like this whole thing uh, thing feels a little bit jarring. I was really scared for a month when I saw like you know Bardock powering up. Oh no! Oh no! Monito is going to turn him into a Super Saiyan with the wish. Oh no! They are going to do this. Oh no! Oh, I would literally, you know, like I would be done with this saga if they did it. I would be literally done with the saga if if they did it. Because I know that Bardock is popular, and I know that probably someone at Toei or Toyotaro, Toyotaro himself was like, let's do some Bardock stuff. He's popular with them, kids. You had such a cool first act. Now you have Monaito saying to Bardock, oh, Bardock, you're so great. You know, that that's what this chapter is to me. Bardock, your heart is so pure. Like, like, like it's it's Monaito fanboying Bardock. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you are right. That it kind of is. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to hate it overly because hey, it may turn out okay. I re- I learned my lessons with Moro when I when I read the entire thing and enjoyed it more. This chapter, like like even for Dragon Ball standards, it felt jarring for me. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if somebody doesn't agree with me. Like, don't don't hate me for that. It's just you know, like, I don't have a strong connection to Bardock's character. I think that he he, he exists. He's just a character that exists. Kinda, kinda overrated. But like, I, I get why why you guys like him. It just it just he was never my favorite. Like, I I enjoy characters like. Broly, Granola, and Vegeta much more than Bardock. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I just feel like, though, given what we had, there were moments in this I felt were really good. In the sense that the battle itself between Gas and Bardock, I feel is probably the most close quarter we've seen in a very long time. There were minimal key blasts. It was mostly close action. And of course, there are going to be some key blasts because Bardock knows some key blasts, and it's Dragon Ball. You've got to have some of them. But for the most part, they were just going at each other really, really fiercely, like early Saiyan Saga powers. I mean, that would make sense. Their power levels were comparison to Saiyan Saga in that regard. And there were moments where you could tell that Toyotaro was enjoying drawing this chapter because it looks really detailed and. Even some of the panel work look very dynamic for what it is, because for the most part, the Dragon Ball manga is quite uh, stale 
in terms of its layouts with the panels. Nowhere near as dynamic as some manga can be. I think even One Piece could be better than that. But um, this time around, you felt like there was more to it. And overall, it was good. I, I like what they did with it. But I can see why you had misgivings with it in the sense that, you know, oh, is this just an excuse to bring Goku back into the story again because it's got Bardock in it and then Goku has a revelation and then it's just like artificially dragging Goku back in, even though for the last couple of chapters, his heart's not really been in it. So it was almost kind of like, oh, wow, I was the son of my dad the entire time. What? My father was my papa. What? That don't make sense. Also, speaking of things that doesn't make sense, uh, how do you think Bardock gets his tail back? To be fair, back in Z, all that Piccolo had to do was just step on Gohan's back and it grew back. Uh, Kibito Kai was able to pull Goku's tail out or the nubbin of a tail with a big pl- set of pliers. Tail, a Saiyan tails, I imagine, can grow back at least once. At least once, maybe? Because you can easily just pop it off. But I am, I, I will say, I do give credit to Toriyotaro that they did address that continuity issue from chapter 80 when there was no tail and everyone got angry that, oh my God, Bardock's supposed to have a tail. Why doesn't he have a tail? And I, I doubt that this was planned. I doubt it. I feel like Toyotara most likely forgot. I mean, we'll never know the truth. We, we'll never know. But I still feel like he probably forgot to draw the tail because artists, I've seen artists forget to draw tails on characters that do have tails. It's happened with Ranch, for example. Sometimes there have been some artwork where Malik forgot to draw a tail, so he had to then, you know, work it backwards or something like that. It's happened before. So I imagine probably that Toyotaro saw the comments or got told by his editors, like, um, you're going to address that? It still doesn't fix it because, like, it now has a t- uh, doesn't have a tail when he should have a tail. <laughs> there is a way to explain it in the fullness of time. There is previous that this has happened before. And the fact that Piccolo could just go, hey, Gohan, you haven't got your tail. And it just grows right back. <laughs> hey, Gohan, I, I, uh, be right back. I'm quickly going to time travel and, uh, and give your grandfather a tail. What? Yeah, uh, it, it, exactly. So it, it can happen. Maybe maybe Monaito, but... I th- speaking of Monaito, I think we can talk about The Wish. The Wish, I felt two emotions with it. I felt a mixture of, oh, that's really sweet, Bardock. And, oh, Bardock, I hope you weren't watching when you're... You, when your two kids met for the first time since they were children. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> it, it, it mostly made me laugh because I remembered, oh, oh, uh, yeah, Piccolo called uh, the, the special beam cannon. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a special moment for either of them. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was a special, special moment. I, I mean, I mean, at least we know that he, that he kind of cared about Raditz, you know, as much as a Saiyan dad can care about Raditz. You know, like, it's not like Saiyan parents don't care about them thriving, it's just that they, they don't, they are not particularly focused on raising the, the children, you know, like, like Saiyans don't think, like, like, are not much of of the razors, but hey, like, you know, like, you, you could at least get get Raditz some cool beetles, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I will say one thing to do with the wish, I'm glad that Bardock did not include Gine in it. And I know, I'm sad, I want Gine to have lived, but the fact that if Bardock had said that, that would have made, I think, everyone collectively groan, as in like, 
Oh, why is Bardock doing that? That doesn't make any sense. The fact that he even remembers Gine and hangs around her for a long time, that's a big deal in of itself. So I think that's that's as much as we can get with Bardock in terms of being um, smitten with a particular female Saiyan at any one point. Because I don't imagine that most Saiyans are monogamous. So, yeah, the fact that Gine wasn't included in the wish and it was just his boys, I'm thinking, okay, that that is true. But then you go to the definition. What is the definition of them thriving? So Goku, oh yeah, he thrived. He's now basically one of the strongest mortals in the universe. And Raditz, um, well, maybe maybe he survived Planet Vegeta. He got to survive, or otherwise he might not have done. He was a very low-class Saiyan, a very weak Saiyan, and yet he became one of Vegeta's henchmen, even though he really shouldn't have been based on his class and stature. And he did get chances to, you know, do stuff with the prince of all Saiyans. Yeah, maybe. There are, there are some characteristics of Raditz, but whenever, you know, we do a what if, like, you basically need to invent the character from, from, from the beginning. Like, you can argue that all what if characters are OCs in a way, but Raditz in particular, <laughs> because there's so little. I like, 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 you know, like, I hope that maybe this will lead to something, you know, Raditz related. Maybe we can we, we we can dream, you know, like not necessarily bringing him back from dead, but like maybe having, you know, maybe having that moment in like like maybe Goku after this will visit him in Hifil or ask where where Raditz is. Like 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 that would be cute. I actually did a video recently about you know why Raditz should slash should not be in Dragon Ball Super Superhero based on all those quote-unquote leaks and stuff like that. I mean, I don't buy it. And ultimately, I don't think Raditz should be in the movie. I don't think it makes any sense. It's not, it would be a nice little moment, but ultimately it would detract from Gohan's story. Because the only thing that people would remember from that movie is the fact that Raditz was in it. And I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. I love Raditz to death. I stand Raditz until the day I die. But I'm even, I'm, I'm not going to die on that hill. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll gladly talk about why it could work, but ultimately it won't. We made Raditz our OC, so, you know, we are, you know, justified in having, you know, like warm feelings towards the character. This did have some cool moments with Bardock explaining why Saiyans fight. They go like, well, if we're going to die, what's the point of not trying to win? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, about like Saiyan psyche in a battle where things are stacked against them. And you, you kind of saw this back with Goku in the earlier chapter, and even in chapter 82, when Gas was going like, why do you keep fighting, even though that form is not strong against me? And Goku is sort of like, well, I don't know. I just feel like I should. But, and he, but again, he's still not really into it. He's still trying to find a way to get away from Gas and stall for time. He is being selfless in that regard to help Vegeta, Granola, Monaito figure out a plan. But ultimately, this is going to be the thing that gets Gas defeated because Goku will then have this newfound vigor. He'll go back and fight Gas, just keep on going and going and going. And Gas will go, Why do you persist, Saiyan? Why are you doing this? You know I'm stronger than you. Because I had a flashback about my dada. Exactly. He'll say, he'll say the same things that Bardock said. Gas will go, Oh, that's exactly what Bardock said back then. And then he'll keep going and going and going. Then there'll be a Kamehameha and Gas will be defeated. And Monaito and Granola will be like, oh, Goku, you're so cool. You're the best. The end. 
The end. Uh, that's my a sneaking suspicion about how this is going to go based off this flashback. I mean, the flashback itself, I liked seeing it. It was cool. And it was a lot better than it could have been. It was a lot less hackney than it really could have been. The moment Bardock's hair starting going, going, you know, upwards, I'm like, oh no, abort, abort. No, but fortunately, fortunately, it was just uh, Saiyan power or Zenkai, basically. Yeah, he, he got pushed to the brink of death and Bardock got a sweet little power boost, which probably brought him over 10,000 where he was at the end of uh, the Bardock special. And I actually want to talk about that, because the thing I really liked, and I'm surprised that you've not mentioned this, Hav, is the fact that Elec, oh, he's a smug little git. He, know, he knows about Freezer's plan. He, he knows about Freezer's plan that he is going to take out the Saiyans, and he's just dangling that in front of Bardock. And even Gas knows it. They know, the heaters know that the Saiyans are going to die, and they're just... They're, they're using that to their advantage because the heaters rely on information. They love information and they have that huge nugget, which could be very powerful bartering strength for other things. Just like, you better not deal with the Saiyans because I got a feeling that they're not going to be around for much longer. Normal that stuff. It may not be worth it. And also, and this is most important, and it, it validates the minus thing and the Broly thing of Bardock having that gut feeling. Because at the time, Elec was basically telling him, hey, by the way, uh, Freeze uh, is going to have something to do with this and a meteorite, your planet's going to, um, it's going to go kaputski. And then, yeah, um, Bardock at the time is just going, thinking, oh, this is just rhetoric from this typical, band. I don't care what you're saying, I'm going to kill you. It doesn't really register. Then he gets blasted by Elec because Elec likes to do that. And then... He is suspected not to have lived. He does live. He doesn't really register with them because it's like, oh, everything hurts. But then eventually, one day, as we see in the Broly movie, that gut feeling, that thing that Elec said did not leave his brain. It, it, it sidled its way in and it, it, made, it, it made residence. So basically, it, it was there. It was planted by Elec just because he, he said an off-the-cuff thing about, oh, you might find a meteorite on your head. I thought, I will. That's a very good little nugget of information. I love that. I love that so much. Because it, it, it just made that whole thing about the gut feeling more sensical and logical. And, and, and it makes sense that Bardock didn't share it because, hey, how, how, how do you know? Oh, you know, I saved this. What? Nothing? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's not really supposed... He was supposed to have fallen back before Freezer got back, but he just chose to stick around. So he he ignored orders, and any standing he had within the Saiyan ranks probably would have been stripped from him. But then again, you had the Scouter, because it broadcasts things. So it makes you think, wait, we know that people listen into the Scouters, so surely somebody out there was listening. Surely. Somebody would have heard about all of this going down, and... Elec doing all of this and uh, and this potential thing about rumors about a meteorite or something like that, but obviously that didn't happen. But I felt like that that was that that could easily be a cool, cool what if. If we if I had never done the what if, Bardock convinced the Saiyans. What if I would have probably based the plot off of that again. Like heaters, heaters are very nice addition to, to like to the universe as a whole, and and you can and and you can do a, 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 like with them. Included, you can do a lot more things, and it's like, <clears throat> to me, it kind of helps to 
also show like how Frieza Empire was operating because like our biggest question uh who was Frieza selling all those planets to right like how did how did this work it didn't have to take another another chapter to show us how great Bardock is if you know if any if any artists are listening to us like I want to see I want to see Monaito in like a Bardock t-shirt with a playing with Bardock action figure with a little flag I I I heard Bardock <laughs> Oh, that'd be cute. But yeah, I think we can wrap things up now by saying that both Hav and I, we have opposing opinions about this chapter, but it's not the worst thing that could have happened. If he turned into Super Saiyan, I would be done. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And I feel like if you come back to this saga and read everything from start to finish in one go, this chapter won't feel as, you know, weird. And then this is just, oh, this is just an elaboration on the flashback. So it'll sit better with people coming into this going from start to finish rather than, again, the really, really nonsensical monthly release schedule. I still don't get that. I mean, these are long chapters. Surely you could break these down into uh, 25, 26 page chapters every two weeks. Wasn't 83 the shortest one? 83 or 82, one of them that was... Like, I know that the longest and the shortest chapters were, was, were next to each other. Mm, well, this is 48 pages in total. This is, I think, about on average. So, again, you could easily just do, like, slightly shorter chapters for, like, 24-page chapters every two weeks. That, could, that would keep the hype up, that this doesn't help. But either way, both Hav and I, we have opposing views about the Dragon Ball Super 83 chapter, but we didn't outright hate it, let's just say that, but we liked it for different reasons. There are there were things to like at the very least. Yeah, obviously. Hmm. But yeah, so with that, that's our review done for another month. Thank you so much, Hab, for joining me. Thank you, always a pleasure. And thank you very much out there for listening. And if you liked it, do leave us a follow on your podcasting platform of choice. It will really help us out getting the word out to other Dragon Ball fans out there. All that remains to be said is I hope you're all doing well, and I look forward to seeing you or hearing from you very soon in the fullness of time. Ta-da! Bye.